Hey, my name is Ryan McVitie, and I am the pastor of the River Worship. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. If you haven't heard about the river yet, it's an amazing move of God happening in the greater Toronto area. Yes, Toronto, Canada. It's a cold place, but we have warm hearts, and we love coming together every Tuesday night and worshiping the Lord with all we've got. We also get to dive into the Word, and that's where we're going to go right now. We're going to dive into the Word of God, and I trust and pray that it will impact you in a powerful way. If you're ever in the Toronto area, come visit us. We would love for you to worship with us together. But enjoy the message, and God bless you. Oh, the faith in this room and the power of trusting in God. Y'all can have a seat. We're going to get in the Word of God. River worship, thank you so much. Um, I got a sermon tonight that I'm so excited to bring you. I hate, pastors shouldn't hate, but I do. I hate, I hate the break we do. Uh, maybe the Christian thing to say is I strongly dislike those four weeks. But um, God's been speaking to me about something that I'm really excited to share with you. But before we do that, I love that song so much, and, and it's, it's been speaking to my heart lately, but I want to be real with you. When I'm here at the river, or when I'm at church on Sunday, and I get amongst amazing people like you filled with faith, man, I get strong, I get courageous, and I start thinking, man, I trust in God no matter what. I can go through anything and, and be strong and trust in him. But if your preacher would be real with you, it's not always like that Wednesday morning for me. It's not always like that Monday morning for me after that faith on Sunday, you know. There, there are times where I get up and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to trust in God. And then, and then the first wave comes and hits you. And all of a sudden I go, I trust in my own strength. And I don't have enough for today. Or I trust in uh, money, but I don't have that either. So what am I going to do? And that happens to me often. Is it only me? Does that ever happen to you? Yeah? Where you want to trust in God, but there's, there's all these other things competing. You know, trust in money and maybe trusting in the world that, that the universe is going to care for you. And then you turn on the news and you're like, oh, my God, the world is burning down. <laughs> I can't trust in that either. Or maybe um, you're married and... And you trust in your spouse like you should, but then he or she lets you down. Because they're not perfect. One day they will let you down. And you go, I'm not happy. It's, it's their job to make me happy. It's not their job to make you happy. That's your own responsibility to make you happy. The question that I want to get at tonight is this is a beautiful, beautiful lyric straight from Scripture to trust in God. It's simple. Y'all, the Bible is generally simple, but the application of the scriptures is hard. How do you trust in God when your mama is on her deathbed? How do you trust in God when you just lost your job, not for the first time, but for the second time, and you don't know, know where you're going to go next? That's what I want to talk to you about tonight, of how you trust in God when it's hard. Not in this faith-filled room when it's you're supported, and, and, it, and it's easy to be bold and courageous. So that's what I want to talk about. How do we trust in God? How do we do it? And, and this is not my sermon, but I just want to start it off with a little tip for you guys, a little tip of how you trust in God. You don't need to fear tomorrow. 
you don't need to fear tomorrow. You know why? Because God is already in your tomorrow. You can trust that he is already there, and you don't have to take my word for it. It's in the Bible, in the book of Deuteronomy, in chapter 31, verse 8. There is a promise made to you, a covenant made to you that you need to see tonight. It says, the Lord himself, pause for a minute, not an angel, not some good people that he's going to send your way. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Does anybody believe that in here tonight? Your praise doesn't have to stop at the sermon. The fact that you, little old me, the Lord himself goes into my tomorrow, goes before me that he is already there. My friends, where he is, he is in control. Because he is omnipotent, omniscient, omnibenevolent. Every omni you learn in seminary, he's all of them. If he is there, he is in control. And you can take it to the bank that he is there. So you might not know what tomorrow looks like. I have no idea what your tomorrow looks like. There are some of you in this room where your tomorrow will be very, very difficult. But I want you to know before you leave this room tonight that you are not alone in your tomorrow. They may have abandoned you. Your friends, your family may have turned their back on you, but God, the Lord himself, goes before you. He is already in your tomorrow. Amen? Can I get an amen in here? Y'all going to make me work for it in season six? Hey guys, you got to know this. He's there. He's in control. And one more thing. He works all things, all things for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Anybody love God in here tonight? Then he's already working it for your good. So you don't have to fear tomorrow if you're loving God and walking in his purpose. So that's, that's just a little tip on how to, trust, how to trust God with your tomorrow. The concern isn't tomorrow and what it might bring because he is already there. He is already there. But that's not my message. My message tonight is a little bit different, and I want you to preach it with me. Can you do that? Interactive preaching, yeah? Can you do that? All right, look to your neighbor. Choose the one whom you love. You know my games. Come on, I'm looking at you. Pick real quick. Married people, be smart. Dating people, be smart. You don't have to say I love you right now. Just the preacher did it. He made you do it. Choose the one whom you love. I'm looking. You're always doing it. Choose the one whom you love. Who do you love? Love somebody. Y'all are Christians. Come on. Ready? And say, I'm... Say, I'm consumed. Say, I'm consumed. Well, consumed with what? What is he saying? What is he saying? I'm consumed. I want to talk to you tonight about this idea of being consumed. Because I would say to you that in 2023, you are constantly being consumed like that Pac-Man right there. I'm going to show you more about him. There's a lot of wisdom in Pac-Man. Any video game players in the house tonight? It's okay. It's all right. No one's going to judge you. Some of y'all are under 20 and you're like, Pac-Man, what's that? I've never heard of that in my life. <laughs> we'll get there. But guys, today, in 2023, you have so much stuff being thrown at you every single minute. And we are constantly consuming from the moment when we wake up, when we grab this bad boy right here, till when we lay our head down to rest, sometimes with this thing sitting on your face. You know you do it. 
<laughs> you know you do it. We are constantly consuming. If we got real, I'll, I'll admit this about me. I don't know if anyone's bold enough to admit this. How many of you cannot go to the washroom without this? That's disgusting. I hope y'all use some Lysol wipes. That is honestly gross. But me too, man. I am so addicted to consuming, consuming, consuming. Maybe it's productivity, but, but just consuming. I can't go to the bathroom for five minutes without this thing. I think that is actually the definition of an addiction. And they say getting past denial is the first stage. So we're getting there, people who put your hands up. That's good. But, but we're constantly consumed. And it's not just with this, but we certainly do it with this. We scroll all day, right? Reels, R-E-E-L-S, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, if you're over 40. I don't think anyone under 40 uses Facebook anymore. We constantly are scrolling all day. Um, consuming that way, we're consuming when we binge. You know what I'm talking about? Netflix, anybody? Prime. When we binge a show, we're consuming, consuming when we swipe. Some of y'all will be doing some swiping. I don't know how Christian that is. We consume when we do that. We we consume when we subscribe. We consume content like crazy, but worse, worse than that. Let me tell you another thing we consume in 2023. We consume people in 2023. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we don't pick friends off of the kind of person they are on, on the merits. We pick friends by on what, what type of access they can give us, how we'll look when we're with them, what connections they have. That's, that's the way we, we treat people like a commodity today. We do it in ministry, too. What gifts and skills do they have? Oh, they don't have it? Push them out of the side. We consume, consume, consume so much. We consume time. We consume money. We consume lust. We consume so much. I was talking about this sermon with my beautiful wife, Lindsay, who's right here. Give it up for Lindsay. Yeah, if you knew what she has to put up with with me, you would have given her a bigger clap than that. I was talking about this message to her, and she's like, yeah, 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 I feel like that. Like, I'm just constantly consuming. And she came up with it. She's like, I feel like Pac-Man. I'm like, no, you feel like Miss Pac-Man, right? Because that's the other game, the other version. But, but I feel like Pac-Man. Um, for those who are under 20, people in the back there, wonderful people, can you show them what Pac-Man looks like? Oh, yeah, some of y'all remember. Look at this poor little dude. He can't stop. He's just consuming, 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 consuming. Take it in, take it in, take it in. And he's got to get to a milestone. I got to buy a house. I got to get married. Oh, but the devil's coming for me. Shoot, he's coming. Him and his boys are coming. They're going to get me. Where do I go? I'm just kidding. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, that was good. I went to church. I got faith. I, I beat the devil, right? I beat him there, but I'm still just consuming and going and going and going. And then all of a sudden, I, I feel like I get cornered and oh consumed. Game over. Let's be real for a minute in church. Do you feel like Pac-Man sometimes? Like you can't stop for five minutes. You just got to take it all in and get to that next spot. The problem is you're not alone. Those little dudes, I don't know what they're called, but they're coming for you. What are they called? Some of you guys know. I have no idea. They're coming. Like, and I feel like in 2023, as silly as this analogy is, that's you and that's me. Just constantly going around, consuming, consuming, trying to fulfill our hunger and our thirst and never really feeling fulfilled. I'm a man, so there's pretty much only two things that relate to me. One is sports and two is food. Any man in here? You like one of those two things? Amen? 
So let me give you an all my analogies are those two things. Sorry, ladies, you need another church. Um, you could go to the worship's good. That's for y'all. You could go to the best restaurant, a Michelin star restaurant, like a top 50 restaurants in the world, and you could drop a load of cash, and you could eat the best steak, the best fish, whatever it is you pick, and have the best meal ever and feel so good 24 hours later, if you don't eat a thing, I promise you, you would beg me for my leftover McDonald's in just 24 hours. Because while it might quench your hunger for a little while, it's temporary. It's a temporary fix for an eternal problem. It's a temporary fix for an internal problem. See, when you consume, like Pac-Man, all the time, get, 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 buy, 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 watch, 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 follow, 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 you get something called a dopamine hit. You ever heard of that? It's not a drug. It's a neurotransmitter in your brain, and it, it makes you feel good for a very short season of time. It, deep psychology stuff. But here's the problem with dopamine. All dopamine craves is more dopamine. And you just crave and you crave and you crave and you want to consume and consume and consume more. And then in a hopeless effort to fulfill that hunger, to quench that thirst, those things that you are constantly consuming, hear me for a moment, will all of the sudden switch and now start to consume you. And instead of you consuming them, all of the sudden you won't even see it happen, but the devil will be laughing when it does. A switch will happen and those things will now consume you. And look, we all have something that consumes us. So before you get 2023 Christian judgy, you know, on your neighbors up in here, because you might be in a position where you're like, oh, no, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't struggle with alcohol. I don't struggle with sex or, or with porn or, or with lust or I don't do drugs. So, no, nothing consumes me, Pastor Ryan. No, 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 nothing. First of all, a lot more of us struggle with those things than we would like to admit if we just want to talk real. But secondly, even if, even if, God bless you, that those things are not consuming you, we are all consumed by something. And you can even be consumed by things that aren't a bad thing. You can be consumed by good things like, oh, I don't know, progress, success. There's nothing wrong with being successful. Um, building a career, you can be consumed with that. You can even be consumed with your family. Family is a great thing. That's not a bad thing. None of those are bad things. But listen to me very closely if you hear nothing else that I say tonight. None of those things are bad things. But a good thing in place of a God thing is very dangerous. I said a good thing in the place of a God thing can become very, very dangerous. There is only one thing. There is only one thing that should be seated on the throne in your life and in my life, and that is God. And you can take a good thing. Yeah, you can give him a hand clap of praise for that. I like like eight people over there that clapped. Who was that? Was it y'all from Oklahoma? Where are the Oklahoma people at? They came all the way. These guys came all the way from Oklahoma. Stand up. Give them a round of applause. Show them your shirts. Show them your shirts. They got river shirts. Except for this one guy. He's too cool. He's like, nah, I'm not wearing that. He's like, nah, that's, you know, I'm too cool. I don't do that. They came all the way from Oklahoma. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you very much. They're from Oral Roberts University. Great school in, uh, in Oklahoma. Big fans of it. What I'm trying to tell you tonight, though, is that, is that we're all consumed with something. 
And it's not always that we're consumed with a bad thing. Sometimes you can be consumed with a good thing. A good thing in a God place is dangerous. Guys, my back hurts so stinking bad right now. Because I thought it would be a great idea to install a patio at my house. Anyone ever put in a patio before? I have the best dad in the world, but he's amazing. I Truly, he is, and I love him. But he's like, Ryan, you should do flagstone. That'll be so beautiful. Do you know how heavy flagstone is? I have spent like the past five days on my back laying flagstone down. Guys, let me be honest with you. I got so consumed by this project when I was in it. You know, I'm getting a sod remover, removing the sod, grading the land, putting granular A down as a base with good drainage for six inches, and then cement sand on top, another inch, and then leveling it and having an eighth of an inch of drainage so the water can come down. I'm boring you already. I get it. You see how consumed I was. I got so consumed in this project, man, I was like forgetting that I had a family. <laughs> this patio is for my family, and I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting that I got a ministry that's starting up again next week. I got so consumed like this was the only thing in my life. Guys, it is easy to be consumed, but what I want you to think about tonight is what is consuming you? What is consuming you? And this is where we get in the Word of God, because there was a man named Moses an incredible leader of the Israelites, freed the Israelites from 400 years of bondage and slavery, took them out of Pharaoh's shackles, and got them all the way to the edge of the promised land. But the verse we're going to read in a minute, not yet, but in a minute from Deuteronomy, is actually pretty sad because it's, it's one of the final speeches from Moses to the Israelites, and it's when he realizes that he is not going to get to enter the promised land. But he accepts that because he's faithful. He trusts in God. And he still does the work, and he still teaches them and prepares them to go in. And he gives one final teaching that is exactly about what I'm talking to you about tonight. And it's Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, which are going to come up on the screen. 23, he reminds them of a promise from God. He says, be careful not to forget the covenant of the Lord your God that he made with you. That is a great tip to continue to trust don't you ever forget for a moment the promises that he has made to you. Promises to never leave you, never abandon you, never forsake you. A plans of hope and a purpose and a future to prosper you, not to harm you. Do you believe that that is the covenant that God has made with you? I hope you do. That's the first thing that Moses reminds the people of before they enter. But the second, the second is brilliant. He says this to them. He says, do not make for yourselves an idol in the form of anything the Lord your God has forbidden. If you're anything like me, I thought an idol was just a big statue that you construct and then bow down on your knees and pray to. That may have been the case, the partial case, thousands of years ago. But today, the things that we have made idols... There are so many idols in society today. And we got shows called American Idol. <laughs> like we got, is Canadian Idol still a thing? It was honestly really kind of lame. But we have shows about it. Someone probably performed on that in this room. I'm sorry. You're great. The show just is not. We have idols everywhere. And let me tell you what an idol actually is. An idol is anything that consumes you more than God does. Anything in your life that consumes you more than God does, and it can be a good thing. We think of idols as big, nasty things, those things I named before. No, an idol can be a good thing in a God place, which is very, very dangerous. It can be a good thing 
in a God place. In a God place. Next verse up on the screen. Oh, sorry, not yet. Go back, back. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Okay? The Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. An idol is anything that consumes you more than God. Well, your God, your Lord, is a consuming fire. He wants to be the thing that consumes you. He wants to be that thing. Why? Because he's a jealous God. And you know, I was thinking about this. I was like, God is perfect. Amen? God is perfect. Amen? Anybody awake? God is perfect. How can he be jealous? Isn't jealous a negative attribute? Jealous is not always a negative attribute. My wife, Lindsay, I love her to death, man. I love this woman. I'm jealous over her. She's jealous over me. Those of you who are married, I hope you get jealous. I mean, you see your spouse over there talking to a hottie with a body. You're going to get jealous real quick. And you're going to tell me I'm confident in my relationship. I don't care. Yeah, you do. You do. If you really love them. I promise you, you do. God being jealous of you? The one who created the entire universe is jealous of your affection and your attention and your love, and he wants it so much that he wants to consume you and be the only thing, the object of your affection? That's incredible. That's truthfully incredible. And guys, we are consuming all day, every day, but he wants it to be him. We've made it this and so many other things. He wants it to be him. In the book of Hebrews, it's put another way, Hebrews chapter 12, that he's an all-consuming fire. He doesn't just consume a little bit. It's not a controlled flame. He's an all-consuming fire. So the question that you should then ask that I asked when I was reading this was, how do I get consumed by that kind of fire? The kind of fire that saves me from eternal fire, if you know what I'm talking about. The kind of fire that refines me. The kind of fire that will mold me. The kind of fire that will warm me. How do I get consumed by that instead of Pac-Man, all the other things that I'm constantly consuming? How? Especially in a hard season. When I'm not sitting at the river worship filled with faith from getting in God's presence in worship. When my Christian friends aren't replying to my text messages anymore. And only the ones are replying that I know I shouldn't be talking to that are taking me down a wrong road. How then, how do I get consumed by that all-consuming fire of God when I can't even find a spark? Have you ever been there? I've been there where you can't even find a spark of faith. How? Here's how. We're getting near the end. David. Anyone here heard of David? King David, the anointed one, the one after God's own heart. Let me tell you some things about David. Number one, this man was not perfect, if you know David's story. But I want to read to you a scripture from David. It's Psalm chapter 34. It's going to come up in a second, but let me give you some context. David in Psalm chapter 34 is a fugitive of Saul. Saul is trying to kill him because the prophet Samuel has already anointed David to be king. And that's a problem because Saul is still king. So Saul's trying to kill him and take him out as his fame grows and his following grows. And what does David have to do? He has to run to the Philistines, which, by the way, is their enemy, Israel's enemy. And he's got to hide in this town of Gath. And then the Philistines, they turn against him, and they try to kill him. And he actually has to act insane to try to escape. It's an incredible story. You should check it out. But he gets away. He escapes. And then he writes this psalm, this chapter, Psalm chapter 34. And he says this. We'll read the whole thing together, and then we'll look at it. Psalms 34.1, he says, Oh, come, let us magnify the Lord together. 
let us let his praise be continually on our lips. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard. I'm sorry, Elevation Worship, I love you, but there's more. He didn't just answer. He did what? He delivered me from all of my fears. This is what David is saying. He didn't just answer. He delivered me from all my fears. Why am I reading that verse to you? Here's why. Because I had been reading that chapter wrong my whole life. And I don't know if I'm a fool and maybe you guys have it right. But on the off chance that maybe you have been too, i got to share it with you. Look at verse 1. Put verse 1 back up on the screen. Oh, come let us magnify the Lord together. I always thought magnify just meant praise, worship him, right? Like the next line is, let his praise be continued on, on our lips. That's what I thought it was. Y'all, the Bible is the deepest book ever. You study and get into the word, you will find things that will blow your mind. And this blew my mind, so I got to share it with you. Verse 3, put it up on the screen. What does he say again? Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I'm like, is this, this is just another worship song. This is just another worship song. Guys, to magnify, to magnify is not just to praise. It's not just to worship. It's not just to speak his name. To magnify is something completely more than that. And you have to do those things. It's something absolutely more. And I brought something to show you what it is. You remember these? Yeah? Over 50 and you use one of these sometimes, maybe? I'm so cruel to mature people. Um, one day I was consuming on Amazon, on Prime, just buying random junk. And I was like, oh, I need a giant magnifying glass one day with LED lighting. I'm glad I bought it because now it's my sermon prop. To magnify something is not just to sing about it. It's not just to praise him and worship him a little bit more. When you magnify something, whoa, you were like so huge right now. Please don't take that offensively. It's just magnifying glass. You're a lady. I shouldn't do this. You, bro, come over here. Dude, you are like pushing 400 pounds right now. And he is fit and looks great. When you magnify something, you zoom in. When you magnify something, you focus on it. When you magnify something, you make it larger. And here is the most amazing part that I realized. When I magnify something, I'm going to move over to my family so I'm not mean to people. This is my brother-in-law, Michael. What's up, bro? He's my bro. It's literal. What's up, bro? If I magnify his pores on his face right now, you got a good skincare regimen? Shannon got you hooked up? No? You wash your face at night? You should. Lindsay got me doing it. It does wonders. Anyways, if I magnify his pores right now, are his pores getting any bigger? Quiz time. Are they getting any bigger? Come on. They're not getting bigger, but they sure are getting bigger to me. Looks like a crater on Mars from here. Right? They're getting huge to me, but he's got great pores. He's got good skincare uh, regime. Even guys, you know, we've got to care for that stuff. Right? He does. It's not getting bigger, but it's getting a whole lot bigger to me. And I'm seeing it much more clear, and it's coming into focus. Guys, when you magnify the Lord, he doesn't get any bigger, okay? 
He is already more than any different definition of big that you could ever come up with. He's a God. He's a creator of the universe. You have no idea. I have no idea how big he actually is. But to magnify the Lord does something incredible. Now it makes him so much bigger and greater to you. You catch what I'm saying? You see where I'm going? I'm not done. If he becomes bigger to you, greater in your perception. And now watch this, what happens. By the way, every single one of us walk around all day with one of these. All of us, okay? Not as nerdy looking as this does right now. But we all are magnifying something at some time. We're all focusing on something. It could be good, it could be bad. We're all consuming, we're all magnifying something at some time. But when I approach a problem, when I'm in the valley, and I look around, and I find the Lord, because he's there, Deuteronomy 31, he goes before me, he himself, he's there. When I magnify him, and I see how big he is, I look over at my problem. You're my problem, Jesse. Sorry, you got a Dallas Cowboys hat on. That is a problem. You should not wear that here. Um, go Buffalo Bills. Um, no Bills fans, just me. Cool. When I look at my problem, and then I look over at my God, and now he is infinitely larger because I see him bigger. I have a greater perception of him. All of a sudden, my problem is nothing but a thing. I'm not even worried about it anymore. What David is trying to teach you is that we got to make him bigger. we got to magnify him. But sometimes, when I watch how I live my life, how we live our life in 2023, we like to rewrite Scripture. I think we rewrite Psalm 34 like this. Verse, verse 1, put it up. Oh, come, let us magnify our fears together. Support groups, you know, you get together. Magnify your fears together. Let them be continually on our lips. We talk about them and we talk about them and we make them bigger and bigger until, honestly, they become impossible in our mind. And there is no possible way to make it through that fear. That's verse 1. How about verse 3? We rewrite that one too. Oh, magnify the problem with me and let us exalt it together. Let us exalt the problem. Anyone have a friend that does that? You know, you meet them. How are you? Oh, I'm terrible. It's just such a hard season. I've known you for 18 years. It's been a hard season for 18 years. You know, it's just always, it's, it's just let us exalt our problem together. Let us magnify our fears. If you've got a friend like that, you need a new one. Because it gets exhausting. And guys, in 2023, that's what we do. Magnify our problems. Let them be continually on our lips. God, through David, is telling you, do not magnify your problems. Magnify your Lord. He is there. In every single situation, let his praise be on your lips. We all walk around with one of these every single day in our life. And you have a choice of where to put this bad boy. And where you choose to put it will determine everything. Where you put your focus is everything. If you are always magnifying your problems, guess what? They're just going to get bigger and bigger. On the other hand, if you choose to magnify your Lord, guess what? He's just going to get bigger and bigger in your life and greater and greater in your life. If you will seek him in every situation, look what happens. Verse 4, put it back on the screen. They forgot already. When you seek the Lord... He hears, he answers, and he delivers you from that fear that is constantly on your mind. 
but you got to magnify him. It does not happen automatically. In fact, human psychology goes the other way. You don't believe me? When you go to bed at midnight tonight, you tell me the things you think about. You don't think about the great things. You don't magnify how great tomorrow's going to be. You magnify your fears about tomorrow. You magnify the problems that you have, and then you stay up for hours and hours worrying about them. But guys, it gets better. I got one last thing to tell you, and then we're going back to worship. We're not done tonight. It gets better. God is an all-consuming God, an all-consuming fire. You believe that? I just read it to you in the Word of God. You believe that? And you want to be consumed by him, right? Not by the world, not like Pac-Man chasing around. You want to be consumed by him, right? Cool. Me too. The magnifying glass. Do you know what happens? I need something. Um, Nikki, is your giving card under your seat there? Is it there, the green giving card? Who's got a, um, that'll work, that'll work. This is a bad example because Nikki's a great guy. A lot of us, we get this invitation. We're just going to leave it on our chair. Let's be honest. We're not going to go take this to the Oshawa Center or go invite somebody or do something like that, right? But it, it's paper. If I put this on the floor right here, Vinny, you can bring those lights back, back here. If I put that there, sorry, y'all. I know it's bright. If I magnify this piece of paper long enough with those bright lights, it's going to take some time. Don't worry. It's not going to happen real quick. What is going to happen if I magnify this long enough? Yeah, it's going to heat up, and it's going to keep heating up. And you know what's going to happen to it eventually? It's going to catch fire. And then you know what fire does? It consumes. So you have a choice tonight, and it's really simple. You're going to magnify your fears until they catch fire and consume you and take you up, or are you going to magnify your Lord and keep your focus on him till he heats up? until it catches fire, and until that fire spreads to you and spreads to your family and spreads to your friends, it's an all-consuming fire. That's the choice you have with this stupid little prop that I bought on Amazon. What do you magnify? Magnify comparison all day? Comparison will consume you. You'll just be consumed with why she's got it and you don't. Why he's got it, he did it, you can't do it. Magnify the Lord all day like David tells you. Oh my goodness. The things that you will be able to do, the peace that you will have, the security that will come into your soul. Guys, when he catches fire in your life and starts consuming you, the things of this world grow strangely dim. And they just disappear and you want more of him because you're consumed. But you have to make a choice, Psalm 34, verse 1, to magnify the Lord. In 2023, though, there's one thing that we like to magnify more than anything else, anything else, and that is something called your feelings. Let's talk about your feelings for 60 seconds. Men, y'all can leave the room. I know you hate that. We love to magnify our feelings. Guys, hear me. Feelings are from God. Okay, he gave you feelings. In fact, they give you the capacity to do amazing things, to have empathy and sympathy and to love and to have compassion. Those are all rooted in feelings. He made you to have feelings. They're not inherently bad. But hear this. Feelings are from God. They are not God. Feelings are from God, but they are not God. Feelings make a terrible God. 
But you were taught in 2023 at every corner, every turn you make while you play Pac-Man, consuming, 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 that you should make every decision based upon how you feel. That's what you're taught. That's what I'm taught. But the Bible has something to say about that. Where do you feel from? You feel from your heart. That's where real feelings come from. Put Jeremiah 17 up on the screen, and let's see what the Bible says about your heart. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? That's what the Bible says. You want to put all of your faith and, and, and live your life based upon your feelings from your heart when, when the Bible says that's how deceitful your heart and your feelings are? It's a dangerous way to live, man. If, if you could go back and talk to your 16-year-old self, I know you would tell that to her. Just because you feel it, don't do it. To him, to whatever the situation might be, guys, feelings in your life might propel the car. They might be the motor, the thing that drives you, the thing that pushes you. But guess what? Cars have something else called a steering wheel and a brake. And it's a real good thing that they do. Feelings might propel our car, but God has given you wisdom, steering wheel, and the word of God, a brake. And you got to compare your feelings to those things every single step of the way. 2 Corinthians, we're almost there, 5-7, says it like this. For we walk by faith, not by, yeah, some people know, we walk by faith, not by sight. That didn't say anything about feelings, pastor, I know. But sight is pretty reliable. Are you real? You're real, right? You're not like the chat GPT AI thing, right? I got to ask nowadays. Our eyes are pretty reliable. I think I know where I am. I think I know you. But the Bible says you can't even walk by your sight. You can't even trust that. You got to walk by faith. If we can't even walk by our sight, what makes us think that we can walk by our feelings? If sight isn't even reliable. So if we just magnify our feelings all day, all day, and we get consumed by our feelings, your feelings will very quickly become your God. You'll do it if you feel like it. You won't do it if you don't feel like it. That is the opposite of Scripture. What you magnify, my friends, is everything. God is a jealous God, not because he's hateful, because he loves you and because he wants you. He knows that if you magnify him, he can get you through any storm. He knows that. This is why he's saying to us in Psalm 34 that we got to magnify him. Would you stand to your feet? Because you're going to get a chance to magnify him one more time before we go home. Before you go out and enjoy all that stuff we got out there for you. The bouncy castle, which by the way, I didn't know that was only for kids. I looked like an idiot bouncing in that thing with a bunch of four-year-olds. They told me I was over the weight limit, which was also very offensive. There's stuff there for you adults, too. But guys, everything I was telling you, I want to bring it back. Hear me, I want to bring it back, was about how you can trust God. How you can trust him. The easiest way to trust someone is when you see it. When you see the actions. When the actions line up with the word, it builds trust. That's the easiest way. Guys, he is in every situation. You just got to see him. You got to magnify the Lord. Let his praise be continually, continuously on your lips. Because remember what I showed you, the very first verse, Deuteronomy 31.8. He goes before you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you, no matter the situation. 
That means that no matter how dark it might be, and there's someone in this room right now where it is so dark. This preacher's been saying a lot of jokes and preaching for 40 minutes, and you don't care because it's just so dark right now. Trust me, he is there. You might have to move it around a little bit, but he himself is there. Magnify him. Seek him with this when you wake up in the morning, when you want to trust in your own strength like I tried to do, when you want to trust in all those other things. Magnify the Lord your God and let his praise be continuously on your lips. When you do that, you're seeking the Lord. And when you seek him, he hears you. And when he hears you, he answers. So you can do that right now. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You can seek the Lord right now, and I promise you, he hears you, he will answer you, and he will deliver you from your fears if you will magnify him.